there are some movies out there, and there seem to be more and more every day. So I, the real and only Jason, have taken it upon... Hey, hey you at the computer! Yeah, the one that's not the actual Jason. No, I am the actual Jason, the one and only I love tea and blondes. You can't even get the basic facts right. <sighs> Go on, chew. Get out of here. Go on, skidoo. <laughs> Go. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry about that. Look, I know we've dealt with doppelgangers before. We'll figure this one out too on the bloodstream. Welcome aboard, streamers. Welcome aboard, stream. Oh, I told you to go. This is episode 27, is of, episode the blood 27 of, of the Bloodstream, and I am your host, the one true Jason Gray. Except no substitutes. We have replaced your Jason Gray with Folgers crystals. Let us see if anyone notices. Okay, that that was actually a funny joke, but let me handle the rest of this, okay? All right, fine. I shall go read some comic books. Whatever, just, I don't care. Where was I before the latest version of me tried to take over the show? Right, episode 27 of The Bloodstream. After a couple of special episodes, I wanted to get back to basics and just find a really cheesy, silly movie to talk about. And actually make it an actual movie this time and not a short film. So since I had no agenda this week, it was a simple matter of just digging through my bookmarks and picking a movie. Which is actually not a simple matter, but I eventually found something. The movie I settled on was a little thing from 1996 called Polymorph. And the plot goes a little something like this. Called deep into the forest to help search for a fallen meteorite, a group of interns instead find an isolated cabin with a dead body inside, and a lethal gang of gunrunners there to protect their investment. But the dead body has risen again, and it holds a dark secret that will soon reveal itself. Okay, okay, that sounds promising. I can definitely work with this, but you've heard enough from me for the moment, and from me, <sighs> you've heard enough from us for the moment, so I'm gonna play the trailer, and I will be right back in a moment. Alright, that is enough out of you. While this trailer's going, we're gonna settle this. What is it? That is what we've been searching for for the past couple of hours. I'm telling you, this place is being watched. There is nobody out there. You and I got some work to do, pal. So are you two ready for one fun-filled weekend or what? Might as well set up camp. God knows when Dr. Clark's gonna show up. I get some kind of slimy shit that looks like something out of a Roger Corman movie in my leg. We didn't kill your friend. She was like that when we found her. We thought you were dead, man. Do I look like I'm dead? The way I see it. We're not getting out of here anytime soon. And that thing's just out there waiting for us. So I think it's time we show their mother what we're made of. Sounds like a plan to me. Let's do it. Oh. 
that's taken care of. Oh man, this movie starts right off with low budget CGI and that is a surefire way to win my heart. We see this nice big blocky ship zooming over the horizon like straight out of Star Wars and it basically looks like someone went into their CGI program, stuck together blocks and orbs and put it in space. Nothing more than that. But the ship is only here to launch something off into space that ends up crashing on Earth in the middle of the woods. Nearby from the crash site, this tough girl stereotype is watching over a cabin, and she's being super paranoid about it. Of course, doing lines of coke while you're guarding a cabin probably isn't going to help that any. Tarper gets a call from her boss, the gun runner she works for, and what the heck, let's throw it in as a clip. Hello? Is anything wrong? Carlos? Yeah, it's Carlos. Who the hell else would it be? This is bad, man. I'm telling you this place is being watched. What? By who? Them. Oh, Jesus H. Christ, hanging off the cross. Tarper, you are getting to be one paranoid pain in the ass I don't need right now. Listen to me, Carlos. They are on to us. Who is? The feds, the ATF, Hawaii Five-O, and Kojak, for all I know. What I do know is this place is being watched. I can feel it. Oh, that's bullshit. You tell the little Cece that she either comes or asks down, or we're going to go round and round. Who's that? Is that Franco? Yeah, he's here. So's Regine. We're all here. I'm telling you, Carlos, you gotta listen to me, please. I just got a bad feeling about this one. Well, then shake it off. Now, we got about four more gigs to go before we unload this shit. And I don't need you getting funny on me. But I... No buts. Now, you repeat after me. There is nobody out there. Carlos. Say it. There is nobody out there. There is nobody out there. Good girl. Now, I want you to listen to me, and I want you to listen good. I got too much money and too much coke riding on the steel to have it ruined by your dumb ass. And you are going to get your head together, sit back, and wait for us to get there on Wednesday. Do you understand? Are we together on this? Yeah. Good. I trust that we are. Now, is the shit in a safe place? Yeah. Yeah, it's safe. Have you touched any of it? No. No, I haven't touched any of it. Good. Well, then you just sit back, relax, watch some Welcome Back Cotter reruns on Nick at Night, and I'll see your ass next Wednesday. Okay. And, uh, Tarper. Yeah. Just remember, this deal's even sweeter split three ways instead of four. Follow me? Yeah, it's all right. It's no problem, man. I'm straight. Good. That's what I like to hear. I'll see you on Wednesday. Meanwhile, we meet Dr. Clark and a security guard wandering through the woods looking for the crashed meteorite. Or what they think is a meteorite, but is actually the prober junk or whatever the ship launched into space. Clark gets some strange readings on his instruments and calls in the interns to do the dirty work because, hey, that's what they're there for, right? And of course, the interns bring along some cannon fodder, I, I mean friends, because, hey, let's make this a fun camping trip. Because what could possibly go wrong? Clark finds a round thing in the pond, pokes it with a stick, and it starts to spark. Do not taunt Happy Funball. The security guard takes in the surroundings and notices there's a lot more damage than should be caused by this small little rock that's sitting in the water. And he calls in for more backup because this is more than any regular interns should have to deal with. Unfortunately, his phone is down and he can't call for anyone. 
They quickly take a look around, find the nearby cabin, and Tarper inside. The guard immediately notices all the coke and guns lying around, and Tarper notices, well, the security guard and his gun. They have a quick shootout, Tarper gets hit in the leg, and the guard gets killed. Tarper makes Clark drag the body of the security guard off into the woods to dispose of it in the nearby swamp, and along the way they make some small talk so they can get to know each other a bit better in the next clip. Nice work, friend. <laughs> so, what's your name? Lester. Dr. Lester Clark. Ooh, Dr. Lester Clark, huh? What kind of doctor? Scientist. Parkatronics Industries. Nice. You married? Yes. Got kids? Two. What? Two. Cute. Let me ask you something, Les. Does anybody else know you're up here? Let me rephrase that. Does anyone else know you're up here? Yes. I, I do have two interns coming down shortly. That's all I wanted to know. Let me tell you something, Les. Right now, I know your name. I know what you do. And I know your family situation. You want to know why this kind of getting to know you bullshit gets my juices flowing? I said, do you want to know why this shit fascinates me? Why? Because I like to know who I'm killing. No! As Tarper tries to drag the body of Clark into the water so it can go hang out with the security guard, a great green gob of greasy, grimy alien guts shoots out of the water and into the wound in her leg. The interns and their dates show up, they see that Clark's car is already there, and they go looking for the campsite because Clark should have already been there to get everything set up for them. Tarper limps her way back to the cabin and her coke, gives her boss a call, and gives him an update on what's been going on in the next clip. Hello? Tell me again that I'm just paranoid. What? I just capped two sons of bitches. You said weren't there. You still want to tell me the shit's all in my head? What happened? Let me tell you a little bit about my day. First off, I get a visit from two assholes who claim they want to use the phone, right? This conversation ends with me shooting the one who's a security guard in the chest, and in turn, him blowing a hole in my leg with a damn hand cannon. What? Wait a minute, this gets better. All right, so I tap the other guy, right, who's a scientist or some shit. And to top off my day, I get some kind of slimy shit that looks like something out of a Roger Corman movie in my leg. So how you doing? You got some kind of slimy shit on your leg. Not on my leg, in my leg. Whatever the hell it is, it's inside my leg and I can't get it out. Oh, wait a minute, okay? This gets better. You are gonna love this. The guy I kept, he claims there are more people headed this way. It's a bust, man. I can smell it. Dan Franco, get Regine, get in the car, and come up here and get me and our stash the hell out of here. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just calm the hell down. Now, where are the two stiffs you nabbed right now? Where do you think they are? They're out in the swamp with everyone else we've hit in the last couple of weeks. Okay, good work. We're heading out right now. About a 14-hour drive, we should be there by morning. Yeah, and what am I supposed to do until then? These people are supposed to be here now. You are supposed to sit back and relax. Well, it's just a scientist and a security guard like you said. There shouldn't be anything to worry about. We'll get there as soon as we can. Um, this thing about your leg. Are you handling it? I'll be fine. I don't know what the hell it is, but I'll be fine. 
All right, just sit tight. We'll be there soon. The kids pick a campsite, they start getting everything set up, and as darkness falls, they start wondering where Professor Clark is. So naturally, the sensible thing is to split up and have some of them wander off into the woods alone at night. While Bill and Alice wander off to get spooked by the green globs in the lake, the other two, who they set up on basically a blind camping weekend date, sit around the campfire and bond a little bit. Ted's had a rough go of it, he's had a few bad relationships, he's not really ready to date, but... But he does actually like Donna, and so it's kind of an awkward bit of get-to-know-each-other, and I'm having second-hand embarrassment even just talking about it. So after a few too many awkward conversations with Ted, and spending way too much time with the kids, Carlos and his goon squad finally arrive to see what the hell Tarper is going on about. So now it's the kids' turn to find the cabin. They debate for a bit if they should even bother going in. They don't know what they're going to find. But they need a phone to try to call for help and see what the heck's going on with Clark. They go inside, and what they find is Tarper's dead body. Carlos arrives pretty much right after them, sees them hanging over Tarper's dead body, and pretty much assumes the worst. And the two groups have a confrontation in the next clip. Hello, Avon calling. That's not funny. Guys, I, I think we have a problem here. Oh my god! She's not... Yeah. For a while, too. Oh my too. god! Oh my god! Honey! Honey, it's okay! Calm down! We have to call the police. There's a phone right there. Holy shit! I believe that's mine. I have got to tell you, my friends, this does not look too good. Look, man, we just got here. I don't know, Franco. First of all, don't ever interrupt me when I'm talking! Now, let's look at the situation. Yesterday, I get a phone call from Ms. Tarpley telling me that somebody is watching our hideout. Short time later, I get another phone call from Tarper, this time telling me she had to kill a couple of people who were sniffing around the cabin, and she'd gotten herself wounded. Look, man, I don't know anything. Franco. I wasn't finished. So, we make the trek up here, and what do we find? Sparky here, knee deep in my nose candy. And his pal chuckles hovering over the body of my business partner. Now, what is wrong with this picture? Excuse me, sir. Can I help you? Can I say something? Well, sure, kid. What's on your mind? Now, I don't know what's going on here or who you people are, but we didn't kill your friend. She was like that when we found her. I don't know what happened to her. I don't know anything. I'm, I'm just asking you to let us go. Well, let me explain something to you, Sparky. See, first of all, I don't give a rat's ass if you killed my business partner. She's expendable. I'll tell you the truth. I'm kind of happy if you did kill him. See, because that's just more money for us. No, 
The problem is not that Ms. Tarper has passed on. The problem is that you know what we look like. See, you have seen our faces. And that is where trouble comes into paradise. What do you want from us? Ooh, you're a sexy one, aren't ya? I'd really go for a honey like you. Hey, what do you think, tough guy? Wanna watch me service your girlfriend before you die? I think she likes you, Carlos. Oh, yeah, this is my baby. Leave her alone, asshole. This is getting real old real quick. I will do whatever I want. I make the rules around here. All right, that's enough. Everybody drop your guns. Hey, hey, can we talk this over for a minute? I said drop your guns, now! Jesus Christ, just do what he says. So Franco does as he's told and puts his gun down, but Gina isn't about to comply because she kind of sees an upside if Carlos dies. Donna picks up a nearby shotgun and points it at Gina, and... And that's a bit more of a persuasive argument to her. Once they're all disarmed, Bill points the gun back at Carlos, and Carlos says something along the lines of, Oh, you don't have the stones to do it. But you were just telling everyone how much you thought he was going to blow your brains out, or whatever. Fine, moving on. The interns lock the goon squad in one of the cabin's rooms, and head back to their cars so they can drive off, get the cops, and they can deal with this mess. Once the kids are gone, Green Lightning starts shooting out of Tarper's body. She's alive! ALIVE! I've always wanted to say that. Now that she's awake, Tarper opens the door, letting her friends out. They quickly head down the mountain and catch up with the kids, trying to get their cars started after their sabotage. Shots are fired, the kids run off into the forest, the goon squad pursues. Franco isn't about to split up and go off alone into the woods with Tarper because he's a big ol' wuss and doesn't crush the zombie. Rightly so. So instead, Carlos pairs off with Franco, and it's the two girls that pair off. Once no one is looking, Tarper morphs her hand into something and uses it to drain all the gas out of Carlos's car. Okay. After that, Tarper and Regine head off into the woods. They very quickly find Alice and hold her at gunpoint until Bill comes out to save her. Regine shoots Alice in the face anyways, and then she gets shot herself by the... just arriving past the nick of time Donna who then empties a few rounds into Tarper. But Tarper's not really dead, sits back up, and they try shooting her a few more times. And in a cool, if no budget, poorly executed way, we see one of the bullets slurp into Tarper's face, extend out the back side of her head, and she flings it back in Bill's direction like she's the elongated man. The bullet hits him and kills him. Tarper then greenifies Regine's body, which is when Carlos and Franco arrive to shoot Tarper dead again. She seems dead enough for the moment, which is just in time for Regine to sit up, run off, and attack Ted. Carlos has had enough of this shit, so he scurries off into the woods to run away like a coward. But Franco can't in good conscience leave the kids out there to whatever the hell is going on, so he heads off to try to save them. Regine blasts him with green balls of CGI and then runs off after the cover fire. Ted runs into Carlos and tries to convince him to be more helpful in the next clip. To go to the police. We don't even know what the hell that thing is out there. We don't have to do shit. And if you honestly think I'm going to the pigs, you're out of your mind. We've got to stick together. That thing is still out there and it's already killed our friends and yours. Screw them. They were expendable. Then where are we going? Well, we are getting the hell out of here. You two are on your own. Bye. Wait. <laughs> you, you can't just leave us out here. Watch me. 
What about them? What about them? What about our coke? Well, we're just gonna have to go back for it. Maybe by then that thing, whatever the hell it is, will be gone. We just leave them out here for that thing to get? Yeah, you got a problem with that? What the? No gas. We just fill it up, are you sure? Do I look like a mechanic to you? Come on. Okay, here's the deal. You wanted us to stick together? Well, you got it. So from here on out, you consider yourself hostages, which means you will do what I say, when I say. And if either of you gives me any trouble whatsoever, I will kill you. Am I understood? You've got the guns. Yeah, well, not for long. Now, we're gonna go back up to the cabin, load up everything we can, and we're gonna hunt that sucker down and get it before it gets us. Why would you trust us with the guns? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth, Pinhead. Just figure it's a lot easier with four of us fight instead of just two. Besides, you're not gonna try to escape. And why is that? Ted. Because right now, you need us just as much as we need you. Our heroes all head to the cabin so they can arm up, while Regine goes back to the bunch of dead bodies she has to choose from to keep playing the dead body shell game. Our awkward heroes split up so they can cover more ground and die more easily. Franco almost immediately slips down a very slight incline, sprains his ankle, and he tells Ted to go off into the woods to find Carlos and Donna so they can all help him get down the hill. Ted runs off, finds the not-so-dead Bill, who grabs his friend and more green energy swooshes around. Ted gets away for the moment by shooting Bill's hand, but it also takes out three of his very own fingers. Ted is suddenly back trying to help Franco up the hill when the others arrive. And oh look, a second Ted shows up. Apparently the Goopies are able to change their shape that extensively and completely end up looking like Ted for a moment. Thanks for not warning us and making the rules up as we go, but it's not too far from a stretch from what we've seen already, I guess. The creature zarks the other Ted, tries to grab Donna, but she knees him in the groin and hey, fake alien Ted has nards. Franco hurls a grenade at the creature, actually manages to hurt it, and then he tosses a second one right into the wound. But before it explodes, the creature uses its abilities to hurl the grenade out of itself, and right into Franco's bag-o-grenades, and he dies in bits. Carlos rushes in to avenge his dead friend, shoves a burning stick from the explosion into the wound, and the creature screes off after being touched with fire. Huh, I guess the creatures must be from Mars. As everyone heads back to the cabin to regroup once again, we get a comic book style caption explaining that the polymorph has gone back to the camp to pick a new host to inhabit. Oh, there's only one creature and it can only inhabit one body at a time. Thanks so much for explaining that 15 minutes from the end of the movie. We get a brief moment of calm in the cabin as everyone kind of collects themselves, tends to their wounds, arms up, does their thing. There's a couple of good lines in here, and that's gonna make our final clip. Oh, I want that son of a bitch. Later, just relax. Oh, I mean it, I'm a special kind of pissed right now. If you don't calm down, you're not gonna be any good to anybody. You've got to relax. How bad is it? Ah, he'll be all right. I'm a little worried about that hand, though. How bad does it hurt? I just blew up three of my damn fingers. How do you think it feels? Sorry. 
Look, I'm gonna try the phone again. Who are you gonna call? The police. No, I told you no cops. Look, we've got to do something. That thing is still out there. We can handle that thing. We don't need any cops. Besides, Donna, what the hell would you tell him anyway? This thing has all the believability of a Mentos commercial. Fine. Then what are we doing? Well, night's coming. If we don't get that thing soon, we're done for. We're gonna load up all the weapons we can find and hunt that sucker down for good. I'm gonna patch your boy up, then we can load up and go. You go get yourself cleaned up, and when you're done, check out the back room. You can probably fit into some of Regine's clothes. Get a move on, we don't have much time. All right, I'll be back. You can uh, probably fit some of mine too, you know, man? Yeah, what's up, kid? Do you think we're gonna get out of here? Well, I'm not letting that thing get me, that's for damn sure. Look, uh, for what it's worth, I'm sorry about what happened to your friends back here. Thanks. Sorry about yours, too. <laughs> yeah, well, no disrespect for the dead, but you probably miss yours a lot more than I'll miss mine. They weren't exactly friends, if you know what I mean. I'm sorry anyway. Well, at least with only two fingers, Ted's gonna have no problem throwing the old devil horns for the rest of his life. On the way out of the cabin, Carlos sees a gas can and realizes, hey, they actually have a chance now. Because his car wasn't sabotaged, it was only drained of gas. They grab some sticks and use some of the gasoline to make some torches to use on the creature because they actually found a weapon that hurts it, and they make a run for the cars. And in this process, Carlos hands over one of the torches to the kids and says, with zero sense of irony, we're not out of the woods yet. <laughs> I can't believe he said that with a straight face, and I'm legit not sure if he meant it seriously or if it was intended as a joke, considering they are, you know, Precisely in the woods. Polly Ellis shows up to delay them for a bit. They get into a fight, and she... I kind of had to digest that one for a bit, but I think she kicks Ted in the back, breaking his spine and bending him in half. I didn't realize this until later because I cracked up laughing at the revelation that you can see Ted's legs behind his head on the ground. She literally folded him in half like a card table. Alice grabs Donna after they fight for a bit, the green thing starts to worm its way out of her mouth, and Donna literally just plucks it with her fingers right out of the mouth and throws it to the ground. Carlos tosses her a gun, and she shoots the critter dead. Yay, it's the redhead that saves the day! Ted gives Alice his lighter to remember him by as he dies, leaving Carlos and Donna to walk out of the woods, get in the car, and drive off into the sunset. And that's pretty much Polymorph. And I'm not gonna lie, I ended up enjoying this way more than I ever thought I would. The trailer was silly, the acting was hilariously bad, the effects were downright laughable, even by 1996 standards, but it actually ended up having a pretty solid story, and it was mostly enjoyable, legitimately fun, for some of the right and some of the wrong reasons. I actually had a blast watching this, I got a good couple of laughs, and yeah, there's a lot of scenery chewing, the acting leaves a lot to be desired, it's silly, low-budget, no-budget crap. But it's entertaining, and I actually had some fun here. And on top of all that, it has a killer of an ending that legitimately caught me off guard, and I deliberately did not spoil. 
because it's actually a good little surprise. If you like the cheesier, sillier stuff, definitely go check this out. It's fun, it's silly, it's bad, but you might actually have some fun watching it. So thanks for listening to episode 27 of The Bloodstream. If you've enjoyed listening to this, you can find more episodes on iTunes, just search for The Bloodstream. We're the podcast that's not about medicine. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe, like, and review the show. That's a big help and greatly appreciated. You can also search for us on Facebook and find a group there where I give updates on how the show is going, and you can join in on discussions. There's a Tumblr page at thebloodstream.tumblr.com, and as always, everything about the show can be found at our home, triskedecophiles.com. You can also find my text reviews of cheesy horror movies from the 80s there. Give it a look. If you have any movies you'd like me to talk about, or you have any suggestions for the show, you can always leave a message at any of those places and I'll get it. Or send me an email at phoenix, F-O-E-N-I-X, at gmail.com. That's phoenix with an F. So once again, I am Jason Gray. The one and only Jason Gray. Take care, don't go into the woods alone, and keep streaming.
thing has all the believability of a Mentos commercial.